It's The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel. Bonjour et bonsoir. Welcome to The Rendezvous. C'est Simon. Simon means Simon in French. That's where the accent is from. So I want to start the show with nothing to do with love, but a little personal experience. As I went to uh, the doctor for my eyes yesterday, just a regular eye checkup, and listen to this. My uh, wonderful eye doctor said to me that you should wear your sunglasses more often. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, if you, if you don't wear your sunglasses, which I don't always do, uh, in the sun, you know, you, you, your eyes are going to get tired and, and um, not as good quicker. So I went and bought a pair of Ray-Ban, like in the movie Tom Cruise. What is it? That Top Gun. And uh, since then, I've been proudly wearing it everywhere. <laughs> but I, I just, I didn't know that. I don't know if you knew that, but it seems obvious, right? Why not wear the sunglasses in summer? I don't know. I forget sometimes. Anyway, just my little FYI today uh, about the eyes. Uh, wear sunglasses, I guess. Uh, at least for me. Uh, you call the next. Any questions about your relationship? Call me now. 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Ariana. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Ariana. What's up tonight? Um, my question is that my boyfriend is way more affectionate than I am, and I just need more space, Like, and I don't know how to bring it up to him or talk to him about it without hurting his feelings. I see. So give me a clear example, more affectionate. What do you mean by he's more affectionate than you? He's way more touchy-feely than I am. Um, like, he wants to cuddle more, and he, he constantly has to be touching me. And so even if I'm, like, driving or reading or if I'm busy doing anything, he's constantly there just, I feel like, hanging on me. And I know it's coming from a, a place of love, but I feel like I'm getting really annoyed because I'm just not as touchy-feely. And I feel bad because I know most girls want their boyfriends to be more affectionate, and I have the opposite well, first of all, there's nothing to feel bad. I mean, they can find a, another touchy fitty guy. Uh, but so it's not related to the to the fact that he wants too much ulala and is like that, right? It's not a flirting touching. It's a no, mm -hmm. no. Uh, do do you feel the same romantically? Like with the ulala, do you also feels it's too much? No, ulala is good. Like that's that that side is fine, you know, and and that's okay when we're affectionate there because that gives the time and a place, you know. Right. All right. Well, listen, the thing is, I have bad news for you on that matter because, you know, there's five languages of love and each of us have a different one or sometimes the same. But you can't change it. You can't change him and he can't change you. So here's, yeah. here's the dilemma. Uh, you can either deal with it uh, or you can change boyfriend. But it's nobody's fault. It's just the way we are programmed. It comes from our mothers, the way, you know, we were also cut all as little boy or girls. That's what my therapist told me a long time ago. So we are as we are. It's not good or bad. It is what it is. And so I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you got to know now. You will not be able to change him. He will not be able to change you. It's you in, in, in your identity. It's part of who you are. So think about it. Yeah. I, oof, yeah, it's a lot to think about. Yeah, t t take, take your time. That's why I don't want to rush right now tonight to tell you what to do. But I just want to tell you, just know, don't even talk about it. It just, it's like saying to somebody who has blue eyes, I wish they had brown eyes. What can they do? Nothing. Right? True, yeah. So just, you know, let's see what happens. Give it a few more months or a few, a few more weeks. If you can't stand it, then be honest with yourself and him and say, listen, 
I like you very much, but I think it's best we're friends. Okay, can't, thank you, Simon. You got it. We can't fight who we are. Uh, Ariana, thank you so much, and have a good night. Good night. Thank you. Coming up, we're going to go help Ansley, who uh, has a boyfriend who, who doesn't make her feel so good lately. So that is next. So listen to this. Ansley sent me an Instagram DM saying, Bonjour, Simon. I feel like my boyfriend is starting to take me for granted. He's not complimenting me anymore or doing nice things for me. I miss it. Now, how can I get him to start doing those things again? Please advise. I'll advise next. Have you ever been in a relationship where your partner takes you for granted? Really, that's why Ensley sent me that DM. Uh, no more compliment, no more nothing, just routine and expectation of, uh, you know, boulala, I don't know, cooking, whatever it is. He expects from Ensley. No more compliment, no more nice things, no more nothing. Well, how do you stop that? You talk about it. And you stop doing nice things too. So I've always said, if somebody doesn't clean the house with you, stop cleaning completely until the house is such a mess and he goes, what's going on? And you look at him and say, yeah, what's up? A guy is not nice to you anymore? Stop being nice. And then you tell him why. Because what's important to resolve a conflict is to tell the person how you feel. So extend the sentence to your man when he says, why are you not talking to me? Why are we not being nice? How are you feeling about this, right? That's how I feel. And then you'll understand. That's my advice. You call the next. Bonjour, Sierra. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Sierra. What's up? So I got out of a codependent relationship about two years ago, and mm -hmm. I decided that I, I wanted to be single for at least one year. And I've really been enjoying that, and I've been in therapy, and, you know, I've learned a lot about myself. Um, mm -hmm. But about two months ago, I reconnected with an old friend, and now there's we have this spark. And um, even though I've been in therapy, I'm worried about slipping into old behaviors. So I wanted mm -hmm. to know, do you have any advice for how to put all of that new knowledge into actual practice? Well, I'm not a therapist, so I'm not going to get into the therapy part. But I can say this. I said, you know, uh, when you meet somebody... When you say you feel it's coming back, describe to me what does that mean, you know, this behavior is coming back. How do you act? Um, like I'm concerned that I might start to adjust my schedule in little ways, you know, that my self-care might take a hit in order to, to be with this person. Mm -hmm. I see. So when do you start suffering? When would you say you feel the pain of the whole thing? What happens? At, what is the red flag or the one event that creates in you the anxiety or the feel like this is coming back? Um, in the past, uh, not that I stopped exercising altogether, but like I would adjust my times. And then sometimes I would just drop a workout altogether, even though it was on my schedule in order to, be with this person or to, you know, help them with something that they needed help with because I'm right. a helper. Uh -huh. Okay. So it's like you, you want to take care of somebody, right? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, and like I said, I'm no shrink, but usually, you know, it's like a projection. You want to take care of somebody because what you really want is somebody taking care of you. So you're looking for that love, that affirmation. 
um, like you know, in the language of love, there is five. One of them is words of affirmation. So when you take care of that person, you expect the, you know, thank you, I love you so much, this and that, right? Right. All right. Well, listen, I think you're pretty aware of what you're doing. So I have faith in you. I think your intuition is, is right on. So you have to correct yourself. You know it now. You know the cause. You know how it develops. And I think you're able to, you, you, can, you can control it. But also you have to enjoy the relationship, not to be worried about where it's going. Live in the present. Because at the end, remember, nobody's coming back. <laughs> so we can spend time torturing our mind. Oh, my God, this, that. But at the end, and the end is certain for, any, for anyone, <laughs> you will be, you know, I've had this great time, this bad time. But you have lived. You have lived fully. What's worse is not to live and always worry about what's about to happen. That's true. So, I guess I should trust myself. Trust your intuition. The famous intuition, okay? Thank you. Anytime. Good luck to you. Thank you for calling Sierra and have a good night. Thank you. You too. So, do you prefer to live fully and have regrets or not live fully and not have the regrets? Let's talk about these two philosophies of life next. This is probably not the most popular question to ask late at night, but why not? Do you prefer to live fully and have regrets or be always on the cautious side and have no regrets because you have not lived as much, so you have not made all the mistakes, but you don't have the upside? And it is a question that no one can answer for you, but you should ask that to yourself. Why? Because... We all on a one-way ticket. And since we know that, since there is not a round-trip ticket, we know return and, as far as we know, then I've asked myself that question plenty of time. Should I um, swim in, in the lake some close to my house, even though there's possibly a snake, but it's so hot outside? Up, oh, I jumped. Thank God, Victor the snake didn't bite me, I didn't see him. But that's me. Uh, I won't do it twice, though. <laughs> but you got you to ask yourself. Now, let's talk about also the plus and minus of both philosophies. Next. So you got two choices in life, right? Think of yourself at 90 years old looking back with a lot of regrets because you've made a lot of mistakes, but you can say I've lived fully or not many regrets, but not so much things has happened to your life. That philosophy, that question... Uh, it's a question that each of us have an answer. I don't have the answer for you. I have the answer for me, which is live to the fullest here and now in the present time. It doesn't mean do bad things. It means do good, feel good. For me, it means if I don't want to go to sleep all night and I want to take pictures of the stars, then I will. It means that, you know, if I want to change jobs, I will. It means that if, if I was not happy in a relationship, I would break up, yes. And so on. Why? Because at the end, you've got to have to say to yourself, you know, I did everything I could to the fullest of my possibilities. Keep that in mind. That's a lesson for my dad. You, you want to have a lot of memories when you're 90 years old, not an empty bag of nothing. So you make your choices, you make your decisions, and I hope you enjoy. We call the next. Bonjour, Marley. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Marley. What's going on? Um, well, I 
am happily married. And um, before we got married, I had an agreement with my husband. Um, you know, we both agreed that we would just keep our finances separate and we would just split everything when it came to um, costs for the house and our kids and stuff. And lately, I've been feeling like I just would like to be taken out to dinner and not have to split everything. Um, so I don't know how to ask for that, um, without it complicating us and like complicating things financially. So explain to me, what do you mean? You don't know how to do this. Why? What's your fear? Um, that he will just say why. And I don't know, like that's just going to make me angry because then I have to tell him that I, I guess my fear is that I have to tell him how it feels like, you know, everything is on a contingency instead of it being, you know, a relationship mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. filled with love, I guess. But you see, the unspoken itself is the danger. You know, you can't be afraid of talking to your husband. If you are, or his reaction, you know, then you have to go see a shrink and, and develop and, and evolve on this. But, you know, he needs to learn from you too. So if you can't say it to him, he can't make progress. Okay. See, he's got to understand. Remember, most guys, including me, we don't understand women's psychology. or we, we, we learn it over the years. I've learned it listening to you on the radio, you and others, and, and for the last 15 years, and also the women I've loved and dated and all that. But most guys, friends of mine, we don't react the same way. We need to be told or, or even to be explained how you feel. So I think after a good meal, because remember, guys are grumpy when they're hungry. But right. after a good meal, I would talk about it. Okay. Um, I think that's a good approach to talk about it after dinner. Maybe just after Always. Because once this sugar and this food energy and protein gets into his blood vein, you know, like it happens to me too, we are more relaxed. We're like, okay, you know, we don't, you know. But when a guy, more than women, are like, starving or hungry oh my god forget about it okay <laughs> okay that makes a lot of sense thank you so much simon <laughs> all right molly anytime you have a good night good luck to you you too coming up we're going to listen to jillian's voicemail because she has a question about trust in her relationship i want to help her that's next so jillian left me a voicemail it was an interesting question take a listen Bonjour, Simon. This is Jillian. Um, I have a question. I was married uh, in the past and uh, got a divorce because he cheated. And after that, I had another pretty serious relationship with someone for about a year and a half. But after a year and a half, he just like broke up with me out of nowhere. It came as a shock to me and he just disappeared on me. So since then, I've been having a hard time trusting somebody again. It's been really hard, and um, I, I just don't know what to do to be able to trust again and to get back into the mode of a being in a serious relationship again and just, like, falling in love again and trusting somebody again. So if you have any advice, I would be happy to hear it. Thank you so much, Simon. Thank you, Jillian. Yes, what should you do if you got out of a bad relationship and you don't trust anybody anymore, I'll give you my advice next.
This is interesting. Um, Jillian left me a voicemail because she doesn't know how to trust again after bad relationships. You know, have you ever been in her shoes? You know, you've had a couple of bad relationships, been cheated on or ghosted on or disappeared for no reason, and you lose faith, you lose trust in in people. And how do you get it back? Follow your intuition. If you don't listen to your intuition, you're going to be played again by somebody. But I'm talking to you. If you're a woman listening to me tonight, mark my word. Your intuition is a truth teller. Your intuition never fails. Women intuition is the, 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 the answer to most questions in your life. But you've got to listen to it. No matter what, no matter where, no matter how, you've got to ask yourself that question. Is this how I feel? Not, is this what I want? Is this how I feel? And your intuition is directly linked to your feelings. So use your women intuition and you'll know when to trust again. And also to avoid jerks. That's my advice. Call the next. If you have a feel-good or romantic story you want to share with me, call the rendezvous. 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Meryl. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, Meryl. Uh, I know you have a romantic story you'd like to share, and I am all ears. Yes. Um, okay, so um, I was on Facebook one day, and I got a message, and it was this guy who wanted to take me out on a date, and I was not in a place to do that at all. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm only interested in business connections, and it's actually a joke now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so then months went by, and I kept on he kept on reaching out, and I was like, oh, I was getting aggravated. And he said, come on, give me a chance. And then I got really pissed. And befriended him. <laughs> and then I moved forward and got on all the dating apps and things. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to him and thought, let me give him a chance. He's not, He's been nice. Um, you know, when I look at all these messages again, maybe I overreacted. Um, and he started um, comment like on my stories, because I always post pictures of flowers. He would know the names of them. And he would just he would just give me the names of the flowers over and over again. And then I was like, okay, I really have to give this guy a chance. So I reached back out to him and said, you know, I'm dating again. Would you like to go for that coffee after all? And when we met up, he has that same garden. Wow. So when you got there, how did that make you feel? Amazing. I just felt like everything had aligned. And he was so sweet and caring and just like the perfect gentleman. And I just felt like finally after all these like disappointments <laughs> yeah it's like it's like finding peace you know you 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 just, you just feel so much peace next to this person <laughs> i understand I'm just so glad i gave him a chance <laughs> i'm glad you gave him a chance i'm glad he had the this notion of flowers and so aware and into the same plants and flowers that you were because look at this how things have changed thank you so much listen wonderful thank you mariel for that story and you have a good night thank you you too Hey, do you think it's your responsibility when you are in a relationship to make your partner happy? Let's talk about that next. Hey, do you think it's your responsibility when you're in a relationship to make your partner happy? I want to know what you thought, and I posted that on my social media, at Rendezvous Radio. Check it out. 67% of you voted, yes, it's my responsibility when I'm in a relationship to make my partner happy. 33% said no. I'm more on the school of yes, but interesting. 67.33. Thank you for voting. Merci beaucoup et bonsoir. The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel.